Our guest today is an inspiration to people in the areas of mental health, overcoming struggles, and starting internet businesses. One of his most resilient success stories was coined going from wheelchair to dream chair. This stemmed from an incident where he was let go from work and amidst his struggles to cope was involved in an accident that left him paralyzed. Even though he was the most down on his luck and in financial debt more than he had ever been and without work, not only did he overcome the 10% chance of walking again, he also started and scaled a successful business. We talked a lot about loss, mindset, collaboration, and how to be a successful entrepreneur. No doubt his life experience, while at many times challenging, has become an inspiration to many. Please welcome to episode 19, Jackie Shan, or otherwise known as Jackie Sharma. I always like to ask people the first question is, uh, if you were coming to guest speak for me in one of my schools or to a business or something, uh, who are you and how would you introduce yourself? Kind of what do you do? Okay, so currently I'm an online business coach. So my I'm on a mission to help hardworking individuals and parents around the globe to have a plan B. Uh, I, the reason I want to help them is because I've been into that place where I lost all my financial stability in 2015. And then I was on the, on the ride where I was in the dark hole, rabbit hole for three years sitting on the wheelchair. But when I finally got out of the wheelchair, I decided that I will try to reach out to as many as people and help them to have a plan B in place for financially. I help them to shift from nine to five grind to online platform where they can generate money as a side hustle or a full time so they can have a plan B in place because now we are into a new normal and we don't know when the next pandemic will going to hit us. We don't know what is the uncertainty is waiting for us in future. People need to understand the future is all about artificial intelligence and automation. So if they can spend at least two, three hours a day making a couple of hundred or thousand dollars on top of what they are making into their nine to five job, and then one day they can quit the nine to five and just stay online and make money enough, enough money to survive and to spend quality time with the family. So that's my mission because I, I went from zero to a six-figure income in two years' time, helping people. So that's my mission, and this is who I am, you know, online business coach, hooking up people with the online system. I've seen that in a lot of your content that you've created, this idea of helping people pursue their passions instead of maybe necessarily being driven by having a boss and this kind of thing. So you mentioned the idea of going to zero and then having to make that comeback. Would you mind sharing a little bit about where you were before heading to zero and then kind of how you ended Ended up at zero. Of course, of course. So it all started in 2015. You know, I was always been into nine to five job almost for 10 years. I was working as a sales and marketing manager for an, an power company in Australia. And as in 2013, I also started in a small direct marketing channel because I was being into full-time job and into the energy field, the power companies, the people used to know me. And so I started taking outsource contracts from them. And then with one of my friends, I started a small direct marketing channel. So I was working nine to five, plus I was running that direct marketing channel. Life was good. But in 2015, I bought a first house for myself. And in 2015, we had a baby girl came to our world. So it was my first child. But I didn't knew the life has something else for me. You know, I didn't knew that there is something else coming towards me. In 2015, October, on the 11th of October, I went to work and my boss, my manager told me that, Jackie, uh, we are sorry, we need to ask you to leave. We are getting rid of you management, you know, because we are thinking of, you know, selling the company and all. So I was like, okay, fine. I was still okay because I had a side business, you know, so a little bit of money was coming from there. So I called my friend after coming back home on the 11th of October, 2015. I was like, hey, if you have any space in your office, I'm happy to do work time, part time because uh, I, I have lost my job. So he asked me to come down next morning on the 12th. So I was going to see him on the 12th morning and I made it to an accident. And uh, that accident put me on a wheelchair. So after that accident, I lost 
my movements and the sensation below my tummy so i didn't had any sensation i was paralyzed i was not able to move anything and when they took me to the hospital the doctor said that they have to perform a surgery spinal surgery and uh, before the surgery you know you have to do some paperwork what they gave me the paperwork to sign my wife was there and the doctor told me that Jackie before you sign this we just want to let you know that there is only 5 or 10% chance that you might going to walk back again because we have seen your mri scans ct scans and everything uh, the nerve system on your spine has severely damaged so we do not we do not give you an ho- wrong false hopes you know that after surgery you will going to walk there is no fa- only 5% chance you might going to walk again when the earthquake comes and you see the big towers falling down boom 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 it was just like that you know everything was falling down i lost my job and now i am on a wheelchair in next 48 hours you know and then i didn't knew i'm also waiting for some other setbacks you know and uh, i was in the hospital after the surgery for 8 months and during when i was in the hospital so it happened in october november december in january i was obviously not focusing on the business which i was running on the side i was relying on my partner you know my friend and uh, then uh, in january I I found out that he also took all my clients from the business you know and he started his own thing and now he's not picking up my phone now he's not picking up my wife's phone you know and now I have zero income in my family because my wife was out of work because she was expecting in 2015 you know when she was we were going to have the baby she left the job so she didn't had any income only it was me who was the provider and then it put me in a wrong in into that position where I started going into depression and anxiety and started blaming myself you know as a man we are the provider that's what we think you know and as a masculine uh, energy uh, within men's they 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 do not show the emotions to to the other people and that's exactly what i started doing i started keeping the emotions within me there was no hopes literally there i was not able to see any hopes as i said that we bought a new house in 2015 so i was worried that who's going to pay for the mortgage you know and the bank will take my house if i'm not going to pay my loans on time but then uh when i came back from hospital after 8 months my wife told me i asked my wife because she was not telling me you know uh everything what was going around so i asked who's paying for the mortgage you know where are you paying from because i you are not telling me then she told me that the mom is paying for the mortgage from india and uh, she's borrowing money from other people and she's paying for it and that 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 moment i was like no man no i don't want this life you know i literally don't want this because i never you know thought of that and you know whenever i talk about this i i i get those flashbacks you know when i had those moments and i was feeling guilty i was and you know i never did anything wrong justin to anyone i never steals any i never stole anyone's money i never harmed anyone you know i was living the life on my own terms and condition and i was happy you know i was i was trying to help everyone around me but i didn't knew that life is going to be like that you know the the life will put me into the dark hole and that's exactly where i where i started going and when i came back home it was only me and my daughter and i used to stop talking to them i i just used to sit in my bedroom on the wheelchair and used to cry and punch walls and uh, then i tried to harm myself three times uh, in 2016 but then in 2016 november you know i had a moment with my daughter and uh, it was november 2016 and i was sitting on my wheelchair watching tv and my daughter was playing on the floor and she looked at me and she she gave me a smile i don't know what what is, what was what was that but there was a power you know in that smile there was something in that smile which shattered me you know which shivered my spine you know i i was like jackie you need to get out of this wheelchair you do not want to regret all your life you know that you didn't took that 5% chance which doctor gave you before the surgery and that moment i decided that i'm going to change that 5% into 500% and i am going to get out of this wheelchair at least i can try you know at least i can give my effort and from that moment i started 
reading books on mindset. I started following successful people that why they are so successful, why the normal people, the, the normal human beings are not as compare as successful as they are, what different they are doing, you know. The followed Tony Robbins and Jay Shetty who taught me about, uh, Jay Shetty taught me about meditation, affirmations, you know, which I start still do. It's been five years. And then I started talking uh, following Tony Robbins and I from her, from Tony Robbins I learned about priming morning priming which he talks about and connecting with the internal world changing the expectations into appreciations when 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 I started doing that meditation and affirmation I started tapping into my subconscious mind I started tapping into the reticular activating system of our brain and then I finally started seeing result my anxiety my depression the pres- I was on the medication for the anxiety and depression so my anxiety and depression started going away i started talking to my wife i i started talking to my mom i started appreciating what i have at that moment even though i don't have money to survive even though my mom was paying for the mortgage even though i was relying on government payments but still at least i have the beautiful family those who stood for me those who were there for me you know and then in 2019 miracle happened i took my first step in january 2019 out of my wheelchair and that's how I went from zero to an online business coach and when I got out of the wheelchair the first thing we me and my wife talk about is that how we can bring money into the house so we can take the burden out of my mom's shoulder and then I searched I started looking for opportunities then I got an opportunity to meet one one of the community online which i'm a part of now you know where we help people to start an online business from home at that time they the community was a couple of hundred people and now we have grown to like seventy-five thousand people around the world in last two years <laughs> it's amazing um there's so many incredible things to kind of unpack from that story i really like how you you know went through the whole thing essentially in terms of that sort of narrative the timeline the hero's journey really to be honest and a lot of things come to mind uh, one of the things that i would love to ask if i may is when you said accident was it a car accident that you were in so i was not in the car i was crossing the street and it was totally my fault it was my fault because i was going through those thoughts you know because i got laid off from work in october and we were heading into christmas time and when you are heading into the christmas christmas time there is no job opportunities because there is no openings so i was worried that i need to get the job before we get into christmas so at least i have a job you know while i'm on holiday so i was going through the emotions and the thoughts and i was crossing the street i didn't pay attention and the car came and boom and yeah so yeah that's certainly a challenging life moment i lost my brother september 12th 2020 from a car accident you know 32 years old and left behind a few children and so it's very front of mind when we think of this fragility of life that that we all face i think any story of resilience is just pretty special to see uh, i'm sure it took a long time to get into more of a gratitude mindset obviously because of the mental health struggles that that are going to come uh, first you know you mentioned to your daughter what other things do you think really helped with respect to the you know going from mental illness to really being more mentally healthy the moment that sparked that energy into me is that smile and uh, that moment you know because i was like why i am expecting from others or from the government or from anyone else that they will change my life why don't i appreciate the moments which i have right now being in that moment and start appreciating the the thing which has helped me is staying into the gratitude every single moment of my life and i'm not worried about anything now i'm totally not worried the only focus i have right now is to appreciate what have and the second reach out to as many as people whom i can help that's it if i can if i can uplift one person in this plan on this planet i'm done man I'm done with my job. Well, you're uplifting me, so you're already done. <laughs> because, you know, people don't understand. They they often take things for granted. And it's not their fault. It's not their fault. It's because we are into a chaos. If you look around everywhere, we are into a chaos. And because of, their cha- because of that chaos, they are not connecting with their internal world. And once they connect with their internal world and the internal core, 
it makes more sense. And then because then they align themselves with their why and with their purpose. And when you align with your why and your purpose, then you can change your purpose into a paycheck, you know, because we need money end of the day. Yeah. But why don't you make money out of your purpose? out of your passion and survive because once you go into that mode then you will enjoy every single minute of the job because you will be in, you will be happy doing every like for example frankly speaking i enjoy this whatever i'm doing now after 2019 i enjoy this more than what i was doing before 2015 absolutely and this is something that i speak to a lot because in the situation that i work in the youth that i work with it's often in jails addictions facilities working with teen mothers uh, youth in crisis we have a hospital for mental health some youth are suicidal some homicidal and just youth that struggle all around with mental health at scale hundreds of them and one of the main things that I see that correlates between them, that connects all of them, is they have this creative ability and they often have an entrepreneurial ability. But both of those things still aren't quite clearly laid out in terms of paths or steps to success. And so they fall back into a life of crime or they fall back into a life of addiction. And that's my biggest struggle. I'm on the same page with you. It's my life's purpose for the rest of whatever I get to live a day or a million days. I will continue to to push the pace towards helping them make it easier to pursue that passion. If you were speaking to one of the students that I work with, let's say, how would you tell them to get started? Let's say if they really loved art and they loved the idea of being an entrepreneur, but they'd never gone into it, what is something that you would recommend they do to kind of get started? When people start any journey, they always need a hand, okay? Whether you go in any field as an entrepreneur, okay? I also needed a hand when I got out of that wheelchair. And that's how I found that community, which I'm a part of now. So the people, those who are starting off, the, especially the youth, the first thing they should do is they can build their own tribe. For example, if they, if they are into making music, they can start collaborating with the people on the same level those who are making music now what happens when they connect the energy is same the mindset is same now when these two mix there is no space for overthinking there is no space for procrastinating most of the people stop they don't go forward they don't move they get unstuck they get stuck is because they do not have that surroundings for example, now, because of the social media platforms and as entrepreneurs, it's our responsibility to pave that path for the people like you are talking about the youth, especially because they are the future end of the day. If we can give them a correct direction, right direction, you know, they can do wonders for the community, for the world, for the people around them. So my, my only thing is that collaborate with the people, those who are on the same page like you, whether you are making music, whether you are a painter, whether you are a content writer or a story writer, or whether you are a videographer or a photographer, you know, collab. And when you collab, the ideas will come because then you have other five or 10 people around you throwing ideas towards you. Absolutely. So let's stick with social media for a second, because I personally joined it on my birthday in 2018. So we're talking, you know, three years roughly. Were you always someone in your adult life who was into social media or was that relatively new for you? 2019. I was not active on social media. I had a Facebook. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have a YouTube channel or anything, just Facebook. And I was not active, but it all started when I uh, went on the journey I'm on right now. And I, I started my Facebook where I got my over 8,000 followers right now. I got my Instagram where I got 8,000 followers. I got YouTube channel where I got 2,500 subscribers. So it's all started in... Uh, after getting out of the wheelchair and I was zero with the knowledge I was zero I didn't have any knowledge about social media if we if we talk about paid ads or organic or anything no 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 and I was bad at con creating content you know but when 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 I started uh, collaborating with other people successful people on the same platforms I learned I watch and that's how you move forward because end of the day you need you and if you can do that that's done you know then you can make your own destiny and that's exactly what I did and that's why I'm talking about finding out the why you know because when you don't have a strong why there will always be an excuse
I believe strongly that it can be fairly easy as a life coach to get someone to figure out their why. The issue oftentimes is that what they're doing on the day to day is not aligned with that why per se and exactly not being able to be consistently linked. So I love when organic topics come up on this podcast because, you know, it's nice to, to hear some ideas that maybe weren't necessarily planned. This idea of just picking up social media two years ago and already being relatively successful with it. What are some of those learning moments that you can recall that you think might help a kid just starting building their Instagram or their Facebook or YouTube for the first time? Start connecting with the same people, those who are in your industry. Start talking to them, start following them, start looking at their content, what they are putting out in the world. And then you can make your own content around those topics. Second, reach out to them, DM them and ask for help. Never, ever stop yourself from asking questions. Conversation is the only thing which will keep you moving forward. I I was skeptical. I was skeptical reaching out to people, you know. But what happened? I reached out to Tony Robbins team in Australia. I was skeptical. I was holding myself back. But finally, in 2019, November, I reached out to uh, Tony Robbins team in Australia. And I she's now she's now a very good friend. We I talk to her every single week. I told her my story. I was like, I want to meet this guy. He has changed my life because you need to you need to give a credit where it belongs. Tony Robbins and Jay Shetty were the two people, those who changed my life, you know. So I called. I was like, no, I want to meet. I am happy to pay money, you know, for the event, but I want to meet him. By that time, I was already into the online business, you know, and then I told her my story and she started crying. And then she's like, I want to interview uh, you on my Facebook page. And she interviewed me, you know, and then I got into the event but event cancelled because of the pandemic in 2020 so we went on zoom uh, on the live virtual event you know when you work for the greatness justin success will follow you the universe will make sure that you reach to your dream life one day because now you are on the right direction and that's exactly what happened with me there was a post from jay shetty one day that find your purpose and then i clicked i joined it was a free workshop i joined into that and then i joined the community and then i was a part of jay shetty's book launch team the think like a monk and then when i was in the virtual event with tony robbins one of the lady found out about me through the same lady who interviewed me on the Facebook. And here I am on the Forbes magazine. I did see that article and I thought, you know, that's just one of those other, I guess you could say accolades, accomplishments, things that are worth, you know, putting in the resume and and talking about and all of those things happening. And I'm sure everything that happens to you moving forward in the positive sense is going to be around that idea of manifestation. Clearly, you're a believer in frequency and vibration. So did you learn that from Tony Robbins? And I guess a lot of people won't know what the heck we're talking about. So could you summarize that manifestation that you're speaking about yeah of course so when when i found out about tony robbins on youtube i started watching his youtube videos and all so the one thing which i still practice which tony robbins talks about is a morning priming that's a 15 minutes meditation or exercise whatever you can call the whole point to do that 15 minutes priming is to connect with your internal world and i do that every single day 15 minutes in the morning and it connects with your past your future and your present so in that 15 minutes what you do is you appreciate what you had what you have and what you're going to have and and i i have noticed when i do that and my wife started doing that after two years i was into that and you know you see the smile on your face because as i said when you change your expectations into appreciations the life is beautiful and that's and then then about jay shetty he talked about meditation you know he talked about affirmation the power of affirmation and when i started tapping into the subconscious mind the first thing i realized that and it everybody talks about that the first thing i realized what you feed in what comes out it's like eating food if you eat bad food you know you will be unhealthy so it's just if you will put bad thoughts in your head in your mind you will be putting out bad energy so everything what happens to us and everything what happens to us we are connected with is the energy and what i mean by that is birds do not fly they ride the wind and fish do not swim they are carried 
So if you put out your right energy into the universe, the universe will do the job. The life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. And what would you say is like the practical strategy to doing this for, you know, let's say somebody who's, you know, an 18 year old kid really struggling with their thoughts because to this point, they've always self-doubted and they've always had the sort of negative affirmations. What would you say is like a practical tip or strategy that somebody could use to start putting those positive thoughts in their mind? So this is what I did, okay, personally. And that's exactly what I will advise them. When I started doing this, I wrote down my limiting beliefs and my negative thoughts, which I had. And then I wrote down what I want to believe in and what exactly what I want. And then what I did is took the paper where I wrote my limiting beliefs and my negative thoughts. And I literally burned that paper and I put that into the beam. I did that for 90 days, every single day, 90 days. And you will find that video on YouTube as well and on my Facebook and Instagram as well. Now you got the things out of your head to the piece of paper and now you see the real picture what was in your head and then when you burn that things into the piece of ashes what happens now you are sending a message to your subconscious mind hey i do not want this this is wrong and then you do that for every single day you create a structure and you create a system because we are wired we are conditioned since childhood it's not easy it's not easy for you me or any one of us to go and just switch off and switch it on. No, it's not like that. You need to be consistent to rewire the brain, recondition the brain. That's why I did it for 90 days. And it really worked because now what I was doing, I was asking questions to my limiting beliefs and ideas. If I will not ask ask questions to my limiting beliefs and ideas, what will happen? I will have a miserable life. And I already had one. So the people, those who are starting off, those who are questioning themselves, just write down those those things which are going through your head, which are stopping you, write down. And if you can't burn the piece of paper, just throw it in the bin, you know, and do it for at least 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. And then you will see picture in front of you. Speaking of the brain changes and all of these things, you know, you went through a very traumatic experience. The people that I'm really trying to reach with this show in order to help them sort of make some gains entrepreneurially with their passions often, if not always, have a lot of trauma themselves. Did you find that dealing with the trauma was a similar approach that you took or was there anything different when it came to overcoming the traumatic events you faced? I did this. And as I said, I was appreciating everything. I I started talking to people, those who were already uh, successful or gone out of that situation. So I was trying to find out how they did it. You know, I started reading books. You know, you can see I never read a book in my life. You know, this is all after my injury and the moment I had with my daughter. And it's all about finding the why. That's what I will come down to. Because as I said, when you will have a strong why, there is less excuses in the life because now you have a purpose and when you have a purpose then there is a wisdom people often worry about others and what they will think and what they will say about you but let me tell you one thing if i today sitting with you make a decision right now and that decisions which i made and the outcome is not good will you going to leave your life on those decisions which i made no You will not going to leave your life on the decisions and the mistake I'm going to make. Why will you do that? So why do you, why are you worried about the definition of living the life and the success of others people? I'm not going to live a life and I'm not going to believe the definition of success, what Justin thinks, what others think. I'm going to have my own definition for success. For me, success is happiness. For me, success is joyfulness. For me, success is peace. For me, success is purpose and wisdom. For others, success is money. For others, success is big house, big cars. So that's what people need to understand that what they really try to trying to achieve in their life. And with, with kids, it's it's difficult because they are into not that mindset or they have gone through the trauma since childhood and their brain is already conditioned. The world is cruel. The world is not good or this person will going to hurt me. But they need to understand their life 80% spiritual and 20% mechanics. Absolutely. Something that I like to go back to on this show for sure is early childhood education experiences, if you will. When you were in school, 
you know, from the time you were a young boy up through, let's call it high school and college. Could you speak to some of your early learning experiences that might have been either challenging or really foundational in terms of building your character today? So I was always a heavy guy. I was always a overweight since childhood. And I, I used a lot of bullying and people used to make my fun and all. But I, I used to get angry and I used to get into fights because of that. But I don't know. I can't remember. But then what I started doing is that I started making my uh, fun of myself. And then I saw that others are not making fun of me anymore. You know, they are not calling me fat or they are not calling me chubby or they are not making fun of me in front of other people. So because now I'm making making fun of myself. So now though they, they don't have any other option to make fun of me because I also took that from them. And that's exactly, you need to find the way how you can, you know, get out of those moments or those uh, struggles because people often don't look for things, you know. People just want to see what they want to see. And with respect to uh, learnings, more specifically, education teachers and like, did you enjoy school and learning when you were younger? Did you kind of fit the system of school or what kind of student were you growing up? I was, uh, I was uh, very naughty. I was very active. And I still remember one of the moments where uh, school fees, you know, the fees go, went up. So the, the management of the school put the fees up. They raised the tuition fees and all. I got into with my friends. I was like, no, this is not good because we in India, you know, there are people from poor middle class and higher class, you know, and we in our school, there were people from all backgrounds. There were people from the kids from kids of taxi drivers, you know, from middle class and from rich. And I, I came from middle class family. So I was like, this is not right, you know. So I, I got with my friends and we, we did a strike. We literally went against the school and we closed the door and we were like, no, this is not going to happen. We put all our bags and we made a mountain in front of the gate. And then I was like, if you guys will not take any actions, we're going to burn all these books and bags right now. Because that was before you enjoyed reading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at that moment, that moment stood out and then everybody started knowing me, you know. Uh, this is what I was, you know. I was always fun and used to crack jokes and go out. But I also make sure that if there is something wrong, I stood up, you know, because it should not be always about money. I appreciate that. And it seems to me that that's a characteristic trait that's really carried you through life to this point. It shows through in the content you create and this interview and things you do. So I hope you are aware of that. And if people don't say thank you for being that way often enough, thank you. Along those lines of communicating with others and being friends, you had mentioned something earlier about your former uh, coworker, I guess, colleague, business partner, maybe kind of doing you wrong. I'm sure that loyalty being broken was difficult for you. How were you able to overcome that? And has it impacted your ability to collaborate? You seem to be a very networked, collaborative person still. So could you speak to that loyalty a little bit? Yeah, of course. Of course. See, that moment when I got back from the hospital and uh, because he was not picking up the phone and, you know, I reached out to other people and then I reached out to my clients and they, this is how I found out through the clients that he's trying to approach the clients and, you know, trying to make a deal outside the business. And then and the first thing I thought that maybe he thought that I'm not capable anymore because I'm not physically fit now. I'm, I'm not mobilizing, so I'm not going to work worth for the business so maybe that's why he took the decision or maybe he really wants to take the business because we were growing we went from two clients to six clients in two years time you know but then I had anger. I obviously I, I was angry. I was literally pissing out. I was like, no, this is not right. I trusted him. And, you know, now and in the bad time, he's leaving me like that. You know, this is where I want him more than anything else, you know, but I was angry. But then when I went into that zone of self-love and, you know, self-appreciation and appreciation, everything what you have around you, because see, Justin, this is what I think you or anyone else will not going to live 
live the life what I am going to live, and I am not going to live the life what you are going to live because our story is already been written. You believe it or not, it's already there. The reason I was been on the wheelchair is because I was not on the right track. I was not doing what I meant to do. That's why God or energy or the universe put me on that wheelchair to make sure that you do what you want. You are born for. And now I collaborate. I talk to people. I don't worry about that. He's going to steal my money or he's going to steal my content or my my audience on social media. I don't worry about that. And I I have few people in our community. Those those who think like that, uh, he will steal my audience. You know because it's all about audience and followers all nowadays. But I don't care about that. That's a second thing for me because no, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> No, me neither. And the reason why I stuck to that idea for a little bit was because it's a common theme with a lot of the youth that I work with, particularly in the jail, the idea of loyalty. You know, a lot of times when they're doing artwork, they'll write the word loyalty. If I'm asking them about if they were to have somebody harm them or do them wrong, like what's one of the the things that uh, makes them the most angry or brings them the most pain? I would say 50% of them bring up the idea of loyalty or someone breaking their trust. And that's where they rage to the point where we have youth serve murder charges because of just literally this idea of breaking loyalty. And so it's one of these things where I'm often trying to help them become less judgmental, become a little more maybe anti-fragile around their own emotions because people may do them wrong in the future and they need to be able to bounce back and, and take care of themselves without having that wrongdoing to them really tear them down. So I, I appreciate your insight on that because it's, it's really helpful. When you talked about this community that you've brought up a few times and you mentioned it having grown to 75k is that community you know on your website is that a facebook group uh, when you say the community what what are you referring to it's a facebook group whenever somebody joins us the first thing we do is we hook them up with our community on facebook and then from there we take them into the system where they start plug they plugged into the training and then once they are plugged into the training they bought the plan where they want to start and then they can start the training and move forward with the training they also get a one mentor and the coach dedicated to them which they can speak to whenever they want 24 by 7 the training is 24 by 7. Yeah, that's amazing. I would love to speak to the business model a little bit because I think that could really help people. One of the things that's the biggest struggle in this idea of saying you can be an entrepreneur, you can make it, is that we can get people to figure that that why out and maybe even to figure out a little bit of what it is, you know, coaching, courses, content. But the how is so often that sort of secret sauce that a kid who's coming out of homelessness or something doesn't have the ability to go pay, you know, five grand for a course right off the bat. And you mentioned earlier the idea of tapping into mentorship, getting uh, some resources and support. Could you talk us through the customer journey a little bit that, that someone would face if they joined your Facebook group and how you bring value to them? So the whole point is we want people to get out of that bubble. They think that job is going to secure their future, but that's totally wrong. Job security is an illusion. That's the whole point. And that's why we want people to have a plan B. When you talk about going online and running your own business, people need to start from finding the product, finding the niche, the target audience, finding the platform. And then when you find the platform, then you need to find the automation. Nowadays, it's all about automation so you need to find the automation and then you need to find how you're going to keep that customer or the client with you for a longer period but with us the best part is that you do not have to find the product. You do not have to find the audience. You do not have to find the system. You do not have to find the sales tool. The reason why it's everything done. We got the product. We got the market. We got the system. We got a group, the coach and mentors. So the only thing people do when they come to us and start in business, they just need to decide which plan they want to start from, whether they want to invest $2,000, $3,000, $5,000, $8,000. And then once they do that, they decide that, they plug into the training and boom, you go. You are not selling anyone to anything because the system does it for you. So you are not convincing anyone that, hey, come join uh, my business. Hey, come buy this product. No, 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 no. That's what others, other people are making mistake, you know, because sales puts people off. And that's exactly what we have worked on. We want to eliminate that 
fear of sale. That's why we created the design, the system in a way that the system sell the product by itself, sell the opportunity by itself. So does it essentially educate and simplify the idea of building a funnel or does it actually build a funnel for your clients? The funnel is already there. You just need to plug yourself with it. That's it. And there are there are people like, for example, if I talk about myself, I am plugged into the system. I am running this business from last two years now. This business made me go from zero to six figure. Then I realized I was like, I'm already experienced now on social media platforms. How about if I can launch my own product and leverage my knowledge, which I have gained in last two years and start another business where I can start another stream of income. And then last year, I launched my perfume brand while sitting home in pandemic. We make this perfume here in Melbourne. We we pack it and uh, I got a website. I got everything in place. And now we are catering all over Australia. We are selling all over Australia and uh, it's going well. That's what people, there are a lot of people in our community who has done that. You know, they have learned, they are leveraging the same knowledge and starting another business parallel where they can make money as well because this business requires only five to six hours a week because the system is ready you need to just go out and start doing what we ask you to do maintaining your social media platforms running ads to generate leads that's it it sounds like it's it's uh, essentially affiliate marketing at first that you're educating people on how to build a business as an affiliate first, get their uh, feet a little wet in terms of the waters of online business. But as you mentioned, those skills are transferable to their own things in the future if they want to use it. And now, are you teaching them to uh, be affiliates for only one product or do you have a whole bunch of... Okay, so it's one specific product that you believe in, that you trust. Yeah. Just because I think it could be helpful for someone who has no clue, how would you define affiliate marketing to somebody who doesn't know what the heck we're talking about? So you know, do not invent, uh, forget, you do not have to worry about the stock. You do not have to worry about the paperwork. You do not worry about the shipping. The only thing you do is you use the link and spread everywhere, wherever you can, through your social media platforms, through WhatsApp, through friend circle, family circles, or you want to run ads and promote that link. That's it. And once somebody goes on that link and buy the product or join the services, you get paid. So you are using someone else's product and someone else's company to make commission out of it. Makes complete sense. I would love to ask before we wrap, uh, you mentioned Tony Robbins and Jay Shetty. Any other resources, books or speakers, gurus that you would recommend beyond those two? John Esraf, the, the secret guy, who was one of the guy in the secret movie, Law of Attraction and all. I will also recommend a book from him called The Answer. The answer. Yeah. Grow any business, achieve financial freedom, and live an extraordinary life. Yeah. Grow any business, achieve financial freedom, and live an extraordinary life from John Estuff and Murray Smith. This is the book which talks about your reticular activating system and, and the subconscious mind and why people should focus on that more. And then there is another book uh, from Robin Sharma, which is The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Since you brought it up, what is the reticular activating system? Reticular activating system is a bunch of nerves, okay, behind your head, which which is connected to your spine. Now, for example, if I give you a coffee beans, you will smell it, but your nose doesn't know how the coffee smells. People think that they are smelling it through the nose and it's nose telling them. It's not the nose. It's the bunch of nerves putting the perception in your subconscious mind. Hey, Justin, this is how this coffee smells, you know? That's why whatever you see, okay, whatever you smell, whatever you hear, it all goes here. And then that nerves put the perception into your mind that Justin, this is how the water looks. This is how the sky looks. This is how Jackie's voice is sounding in your ears. These are the words which Jackie is speaking right now. That's why you need to tap into the reticular activating system so you can change your perception, you know. I will just read one quote which which I like and it's really good. I found this on internet one day and it goes like this. I am not what I think I am. I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. 
I love that one. And I think it's your boy, Jay Shetty, that maybe you heard it from because I have heard him recite that. But I think he's mentioned who he learned that from, which may have been, you know, uh, when he was living with monks and that sort of mentality. I think that's a great one. The reason I I wanted to uh, hear the definition of the RAS and reticular activating system is because certainly that's something that youth or many adults wouldn't know what the heck we're talking about. And in case they don't get the book, it's good to touch on. And I have a couple stories about that quickly myself. I got a job as a mason's assistant making uh, chimneys. Only about two weeks I lasted. I don't really like heights. So climbing chimneys with bricks in my hand wasn't too much fun. What I noticed from that experience was everywhere I drove, all of a sudden for the first time in my life, I would notice all the chimneys in the city, right? And so my mind's eye was picking these things up and I never seen a chimney really noticed one in my life before. That is the reason why in my content on social media, I originally started with the handle just tries because I wanted to show people it's okay to be vulnerable, to have a growth mindset and just try things. I saw this quote from uh, Quentin Tarantino today saying that that's the only way he ever got good at making movies was just by doing it for eight years, shitty, and then getting better. And you hear this a lot, but where I not went wrong, but what I've learned is when I bounce around too much, like poetry, you know, hip hop, blog writing, vlogging, affiliate marketing, gaming, you know, you can go down the list of things that that I could try. I realized if I was only doing them too little, I wasn't activating enough of the benefits of something like the reticular activating system. So I switched my approach. And now I focus on something, a topic for somewhere around 100 experiments where I'm just solely focused on on doing something like poetry for six months and without distractions. And it's my goal to be able to do that with like, no, no, no distractions almost, right? Like, but I need to work towards that side hustle life that you refer to. And that brings up one final thought, I suppose. The side hustle life, being able to just get started while you're already working a nine to five, pretty tired. You know, if you had to give your bullet point or your carousel post on Instagram to help someone start a side hustle, what would you say? Side hustle is not about spending a lot of time in anything, okay? Because that's what people often get wrong, that if they want to do start in side, side hustle, they have to spend like three hours, four hours, five hours after coming back from work, you know? And that's the reason why they procrastinate and overthink and they don't do it. But nowadays, starting in side hustle is like spending only 35 minutes of your time a day. And you can start running anything online, spending only a couple of hours or a couple of minutes every single day. But the only thing you you need is the consistency. If you spend half an hour every single day before going to bed, building your side hustle for next 30, 60 or 90 days, I will guarantee you, you will have a business in three months. Yeah, that level of belief is is helpful to a lot of people, I'm sure. It's, it's not about perfection. It's about getting started. Having a vision is not about perfection. It's about getting started. And that's what people need to understand. You won't believe. I when, I when I do a coaching call in my business, I speak to so many people every week. And this is the question they always have. How many, how much hours I have to put in? And that's what I say. You won't believe just. The reason I started the perfume business is because I literally didn't have anything to do. As I said, that it's all automated. I was only spending three, four hours a week on my business. So I was like, let me start this because I have a passion with the perfumes and fragrances, you know. So I I met one guy and I was like, let's do it, man. Let's do it. You know, if it fails, fails, but let's do it, you know. So I went for it and it's working good and it's bringing customers and I'm loving it because with this, the first intention I had that I do not want to make enough money. The only thing I want to do is I want to get out there and build my own fragrance brand, you know. That was my intention and here I am, you know. So people only need couple of minutes on an hour you know to open their laptop and start doing it if they are a blogger if they are a content creator if they are a videographer or a photographer just go and click photo and edit and then put it out on the instagram i have seen there are people those who take so amazing photos and they got like 100 200 followers by just putting photos on that you know and then you monetize it you know then you start collaborating with brands because now you got a big followers and now they will come to you without you asking and you going to them, you know, that's it.
you make it sound so easy. I think you're you're speaking the dream life to many people. So hopefully they, you know, start following your content and learning from it because it's what so many of us aspire to be able to speak to with confidence like you do. So thank you so much for sharing. I'm sure this won't be the last conversation we have. I always like to wrap with uh, just three quick theme questions so that I can tie them together between the episodes. And the first theme question is, if you left just one piece of advice for your daughter, for the next generation, what would that be? One advice I will give out to anyone, do not let your temporary emotions overtake your futures. People always make decisions on the basis of their emotions because emotions equals motion. So if you know how to control your emotions, then you will have a better life moving forward. So try to dominate your emotions more and evaluate them every single moment. If you are listening to this right now and you are going through any emotions, ask questions. Why you had that emotion while listening to Justin and Jackie on this um, interview? on this on this uh, podcast or a video you know and why you why you went through those emotions why did it did it, you went through those setbacks before that's why you are uh, resonating with Jackie or with this conversation you know so start asking questions and evaluating emotions because we just go drag ourselves with those emotions and then we end up getting nowhere yeah, and that's a recommendation I make for people trying to learn from any piece of content, whether it's reading, movie, audio, is always be asking yourself, what are you learning? So I love that idea of taking that same approach when it comes to reflecting on ourselves, on our emotions, our psyche. One thing that you yourself are learning right now. The one thing I am learning is that uh, how to build a course, online course, because I've been approached by almost hundreds of people that I should, I should, like I should build an online course around mindset and mindfulness and, and gratitude. So that's what I'm working on right now. And that's how I'm learning. I have already got a coach for that who's helping me out. So let's see how far we'll go. That's great. I think we can provide some mutual benefit, though. I won't say that I'm better than your coach but I'm at least as good. And uh, my services are free to anyone who comes on my podcast. So I look forward to uh, we can talk offline and, and talk about your course. I'd love to hear more about it. And then finally, I like to flip this one a little bit. I would love for you to ask me a question. The answer will help my audience understand a bit more of what I do. So what is a question that you would ask me? The question which I will ask you is that you working with youths, you are trying to pave a path for them, whether whether it's the mindset or whether it's a career opportunity. So what are the struggles you having right now at present struggles you had in helping any youth with any mindset? There's a couple things that come to mind. For one, it's the societal culture that we still have around education being a traditional credit granting system in many ways. This is the curriculum you learn and you check the box. So in terms of feedback up until 18 years old, typically, maybe even through college, they're often looking for those check marks, right? They want to check the boxes just to graduate. And I'm often trying to tell them we need to shift that mindset into one of learning for the real world. And that connects, secondly, for me to not really being able to use social media as much as I would like to to help them because the modern world is all about this idea of building a brand, personal company or a combination of the two. And it still has a bit of a stigma around the idea of educators, for example, communicating with and collaborating with youth on social media. And in fact, at least three of the schools that I work at, they're not even allowed to use it at all. In the jail, for example, you could have a student go six years not being able to access social media from the years of, let's say, 15 to 20. And so during those six years, they could build a brand. And I was actually speaking with one of the artists in my class today. He's just an incredible kid who's really learned how to do art. And I was talking with him about, imagine we could build a brand for the next five years while you're in jail. When you leave, you may have 30,000 followers or whatever. You have this asset that you can take with you forever that you own for for the rest of your life. And you're not starting from zero in this sense of entrepreneurship. Now, I haven't figured out yet ethically and logistically how we can help them because they're not even allowed to use the internet right now while they're, while they're in prison. And so that is certainly one of the in-the-moment struggles that I am having. And I think when it comes specifically to traditional mindset stuff, as opposed to the logistics, I would say 
it's around the idea that since society shows, you know, Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber and Drake and these really pop culture icons as the successful musicians, they don't know that there's this whole uh, level of success that could sustain their lifestyle, but they don't need to be that superstar that it is possible in the world of painting or, you know, all the things you listed earlier, right? Music and art, that it is possible to build a life that allows you to live like that without having to make $70 million a year. Um, There's that lower version and it's still okay to do that versus selling drugs or human trafficking or something like that. So I think those are two of the big things that stand out for me. Just on that note, so for example, if you have a, uh, a young kid in the jail right now and he's a rapper or he's a good singer and he wants to put out the content out in the world while in the jail, is there so they don't allow them to put that out or uh, you can record or, you know, is there a way we can do that? Right. This is what I'm working on. Right. And uh, trying to figure out what is the way so they wouldn't be able to own or operate any of their own accounts that communicate with the outside world. But what I'm trying to come up with as a creative way, perhaps opening an account that doesn't necessarily show their face is completely confidential, but you can still build a brand. I know like on TikTok, for example, people will put at the top of their bio face reveal at one million followers. So you can build a brand on your artwork or your music alone. And then when you get out, maybe decide to reveal your face and become more personal with it. So I'm trying to work on that. The issue is they can't hold the device or they can't use the device themselves to do it because they don't access the internet while they're in the jail. One of my thoughts was, well, maybe I or other educators could control an account for them. But that's just not super scalable because we just don't have the time to run social media for all of our youth. But the other thought is giving them um, a USB stick or an external hard drive SD card and just telling them to just continue put your content on there and then maybe every so often we can find a way to to release some of it where it's still confidential you know because it's just a bit tricky when it comes to legalities you don't know what slang they could be using to send messages and things like this and so they're very tight-lipped very traditional in their approach to keeping uh, the communication within that custody site separate from the outside world and so that's a big challenge because at this point you're already at the point I feel strongly that if you're entrepreneurial minded or creative minded, that it's almost becoming a human rights issue to not be able to to work on these things or close to. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. Because I, I remember I in India, uh, there was a guy, he started a radio station just for the, for the uh, people in jail. And then he used to bring people on his radio and then they used to talk about, you know, their creativity or story or anything, you know, why they did it, you know, and how they feel now. So it was very successful. Yeah. Well, and this is one of the things like the reason for this show that we're doing right now is to bring experts like yourself who have knowledge that I don't have to the classroom on the inside because they can't use they couldn't go watch your YouTube video, right? They can't use Internet, but to give them MP3, they can go and listen in their rooms. They could use MP3 all day long. That's why they love music and they love books. So to give them some advantages of learning while they are in there. However, I've also been thinking thinking that if I were allowed, it would be incredible to have them doing an episode every so often. I think that would be amazing. Again, it's this whole uh, research project on my part that would probably take six months or two years to get, you know, kind of approval in terms of what are you allowed to do? Because nobody's tried to do it. Like with anything innovative, you're uh, you're breaking down barriers and you're going to get arrows, arrows in your back if you're trying to do anything super creative. And so that's where I find myself with a couple of these challenges, but we'll, we'll keep pushing in and figuring it out. And uh, what I would love to do is to be able to separate myself from the system altogether and be the full-time podcaster, the full-time creative, and then go volunteer my time to help them because then I don't have the same constraints. And I think you will find a way. You will find a way. And uh, because if you are already on the track, it's just a matter of uh, clicking the right idea in in your uh, head and in theirs head. I think that there are a lot of options which we can do, like you can do and bring those people out in the world while they are sitting there in the cage. So no good luck with that, man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, and one thing I'll say, 
as well is that you've spoken a lot about manifestation and priming and, uh, you know, the idea of reticular activating system and Tony Robbins and Jay Shetty and The Secret. It wasn't until 2021 that I really decided that the podcast is going to be my main focus. Since deciding that, I mean, I've gotten inbound messages from just so many great people who will make unbelievable guests. I've almost been too busy. It could be full time right now in terms of work. It's just not there in terms of the monetization piece, right? So with patience and continuing to stick with it, we'll get there. But telling the universe that this is my focus. On that note, <laughs> you see this. <laughs> I, I bought this last year and I wanted to start a podcast. But the microphone, you bought the microphone? Yeah, I bought the microphone, which I'm just using to interview people in my community right now. Or they interview me, that's it. But let's see if I might go on the podcast one day. <laughs> start my own. Yeah, that's great. The, uh, I mean, we could talk forever about this stuff. I look forward to having another conversation. But when you mentioned online course and podcast, I know someone who created a symbiotic relationship between her podcast and her course and coaching. It was just so incredible uh, to see. Her name is Rachel Cook. Uh, she's had a number of brand names over the years, but she um, talks a lot about basically becoming your own CEO. So what she did was found a way to combine that content. So it's kind of the double whammy. It's efficiency for time and uh, makes it easy to do both and act as this opportunity to teach for free through your podcast. Yeah, I've got some great insights in the podcast world too. I chose to do it the hard way with guests, long form on deep topics. But for me, that's what's the most important and it'll pay off in the long run. Well, no, that's good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Justin. Thanks for having me. I really like And let's connect again. Let's do it again once day of this and uh, talk about the things we can leverage. We will. I look forward to it. Thanks. Of course. Thanks, Mike. Cheers. We always have great chats on the JKL show, and this one did not disappoint. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to our guest, Jackie. Such a great person to connect with if you're going through a tough time yourself or wanting to start a business or simply want good people around you. It's our goal to have this in every school in the world. So please do subscribe, leave reviews, and it would mean the world if you could share it with others. Until the next episode, all the best. And remember, just keep learning.